1: I have got a delicious woman on today, and I'm so happy to reconnect with her. We've, we've worked together in the past, and it's always an honor to spend time with Iris Ruby.
0: Well, thank she you, was... Mal. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for oh, having me. In.
1: No, you're just such a delight. I didn't know you were such a smart cookie. You're a menson oh. <laughs> with a master's degree in counseling psychology. She has spent the last 16 years coaching and counseling men and women from all walks of life and from all over the world in finding love. Iris is a number one Amazon best-selling author of Lonely and Single to Loved and Adored and is an inspirational and charismatic keynote speaker and is renowned for her no-nonsense approach spiked with humor and wit. Iris has made guest appearances on Slice TV and the Woman's Network TV, and she also hosts the Awakened Relationship Summit, which now goes into the 12th season with participants from over 125 countries. Iris shares her life with her love and soulmate, and when she isn't traveling, she enjoys riding her mo- motorcycle, painting Dancing salsa and jumping the trampoline, lady, you got it going on. <laughs> <laughs> I do, have a, oh. I can't complain. <laughs> oh, I guess not. So you know, I I know you've got a new product out there, um, but I just love your work that you do in relationship counseling, and the topic that we're going to talk about today is in direct relation to what you now are putting out there, which is how to spark a man's desire, because I think women have it all wrong. They walk around with low cut shirts and they're getting all kinds of procedures and injections and and butt enhancements. And that's not what it's all about. So I would love for you to enlighten us a little bit.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting that you talk about all the enhancements that women have, because that's what society puts out there, that we need to be physically attractive. But then that's what you attract a man by, your physicality, and that's not who you are at the core. Because let's face it, we all get older, our wrinkles get deeper, <laughs> our upper arms turn into wings. <laughs> and so, you know, it, it it can put us on this never-ending hamster wheel, to keep our outside looking good because that's what we've been picked on or picked by. And really what you wanna do is to really get who you are at the core. What makes you unique? What makes you a great partner? And that's what you want a man to pick you for, not because of what you wear or how low cut your blouse is or how much you've put pushed up your breast or what's showing, but really what's the kind of partner you're going to be because otherwise, You know, I like the example, somebody apparently asked Michelangelo how he sculpted the David out of a piece of rock, and he said, I simply removed the pieces that didn't belong. Mm -hmm. And so what happens over time with our experiences and relationships that don't go where we want, we have our heart broken, maybe cheated on, dismissed, some abusive relationships, is we start to cover ourselves with layers, right? And those layers are meant to protect us. But what it does is it covers our inner beauty of who we truly are at the core. And it's our job, just like Michelangelo, piece by piece, to remove those layers that don't belong, to really shine our radiance to who we truly are at the core.
1: As we get older, Iris, as you mentioned, the upper arms get a little flabby. The breasts get a little lower. Uh, We get wrinkles, we get gray hair where we never thought it could grow. But men are not as accepting of all those things, which I think puts the pressure on women. Uh, So what is your advice about, you know, showing up, being authentic, wanting to attract that man, how to spark his desire, and yet honor yourself, be real, uh, without feeling all that pressure of not being perfect?
0: Yeah, so let me say that some men don't accept us the way we are. So it doesn't mean that you go out there on a date with stained shirts all wrinkled up, right? You take care of yourself. But you want to find that place on that continuum from totally letting yourself go to really defining yourself by your physical appearance. So someplace in the middle is taking care of yourself and showing up as the best you, but also means the best you in your personality. It means what makes you quirky? What makes you different? What do your friends appreciate about you? What have your last relationships really loved about who you are and what you bring to the world? And when you own that, you will shine in a way that external beauty can't do on its own. Doesn't matter how much makeup we wear and you can see makeup, doesn't matter how much we cover our gray hair or go to the gym yes that gives us an external look but it doesn't give us that radiance that confidence that attracts men the external only gives us a what to call it a temporary or a fake confidence Because if we start to put on a couple pounds or things get a little flabby, then our confidence starts to go down. But once we really know who we are at the core in our value, that confidence stays. And who you show up in the world is someone who's radiant and attractive and you start to get the attention that you may want or need. And you're the chooser. That's the part women need to get that you have the ultimate power to say yes or no. Sometimes women get really freaked about, I don't want all that attention. But what if you could have that attention and never have to say yes? Or just pick the man you want to say yes to. Wouldn't that be great?
1: Oh, that sounds absolutely spectacular. So tell me, how do we get there? Where do we find these men? You know, um, there's all these dating sites for single women. But I think when you get to like the age of 50 plus, it's very, very difficult meeting new men of quality and caliber.
0: Yeah, and I guess I look at it very differently. I really look at who are you attracting in your life and how is that a reflection of your own internal landscape? So if you're attracting men who are emotionally unavailable, where are you emotionally unavailable? If you're only attracting men that are into your physical Um, appearance then where are you only looking at yourself as a physical appearance if you want to attract a man who's emotionally available you need to be emotionally available and what does that look like it looks like the ability to be vulnerable the ability to be real the ability to be quirky like I I remember my partner's always laughing at me because I'm always saying where did I put my phone can you call my phone I don't know where I put it like it got to the point where I called my son on my cell phone and I said, sweetie, do you know what I did with my cell phone? And he went, mom, you're kidding.
1: <laughs> so when we can, I do that all the time. On my phone.
0: <laughs> And what most of us do is we hide those parts of us, but those are our little quirks or little dorkiness or spazziness that make us us. We don't want to come off as a perfect package. We don't want to come off as somebody who's falling apart and is having chaos and drama every day. But if you're not perfect, you're going to just attract the man who's perfect for you because it's hard to be with someone who's perfect.
1: Now, from my own personal experience, I know some really great women that are single, that are 50 plus. They're really great women. They just can't seem to even find men on uh, these dating sites. Um, that What shows up is like, oh my God, are you kidding? So, are there any tips about that?
0: Yeah, I have a lot to say. I think generally on the freer sites, it's going to be more difficult to find the kind of man you want. Doesn't mean it's not possible. I have mm-hmm. clients who have found on the free site, but the more that it, when it's a paid site, men tend to be more serious, just like the women. That's the first thing. Second thing is you need to get really clear about the kind of man that you're looking for, and you need to know how to verbalize it in a Uh, Online profile that will attract the kind of man that you want and deter the kind of men you don't want I'll give you my own example when I I actually did my research on my online um, Site that I was on and I found my partner and I emailed him and I said I love your zest for life and I have this two same primary love languages He responded and said, I haven't been this giddy and excited in a long time reading an online profile. And he started to respond line by line to my profile. So I had put out things that really connected to him and what he was looking for. And one of the lines he told me just recently that he connected to is, I wrote that I, at the Great Wall of China, I took the bobsled down with the wind running through my hair. And so it's a story that tells That I'm adventurous, I'm open to new things, I like to travel, I'm fun, I'm light. So, we don't wanna write our online profile like a resume I'm this, I'm that, I'm looking for this, my kind of man, will this, that. You wanna start to use story. Just even hear my words. Like, you could probably see me on that bobsled going down with the wind through my hair. That's a visual, and if you're the kind of man that likes adventure, that likes fun, that likes to travel, that's going to attract you. But if you say, I want a man who's loyal, loving, adventurous, honest, can be committed, that's just like a grocery list. It doesn't mean anything. We want to connect at the level of emotion on an online profile if we want a man that connects on a level of emotion as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, in your new program, uh, product, How to Spark a Man's Desire, do you go over this? Do you give some coaching to women on how to do these online profiles so that they put the right language in?
0: Yes, actually, I teach you exactly how to write that profile, how to get clear on what it is that you want, so that you can, one, be honest with yourself, really own the kind of man that you're looking for. Like one woman I'm working with says, I don't want to live with a man. I've been on my own for many years and I want to stay alone, but I want a companion. And so just owning that, when you really know what you're looking for and you're honest with yourself, one, you can verbalize it in your profile and you can also verbalize it when you're with a man, you can talk about it. So it gives you the words and it'll give you an easier time to make a decision. Should I stay or should I go? Is he the right man for me?
1: love it you mentioned just a few minutes ago about love language when you were creating your profile can you go a little deeper into what that love language is
0: yeah so there are basically five love languages and we tend to have one or two that are the top so it can be physical touch and that means non-sexual caress hug kiss holding hands There's quality time, so spending time one-on-one, not by the TV, but actually focusing on each other. Words of affirmation, so letting another person know how much you mean to them or let them letting you know how much they appreciate who you are, how you make them feel. Another one is acts of service, so getting up for your partner and making him a cup of tea, or for you, if that's your love language, is having your partner make you a cup of tea or take out the recycling. And the fifth, or it could be opening the door, making plans. And the fifth one is gifts. And I say, it doesn't have to be big gifts. It could be, oh, I know you love teddy bears and I was at the dollar store and I saw a teddy bear and I bought it for you. So when you're clear on what your love language is, I can tell you that my partner and I, our two top love languages are physical touch and quality time. And it's so easy because I remember being with a partner who didn't have physical touch as his primary love language. And I would caress him and he would say to me, would you stop it? You've already taken off a, a layer off my skin. It would be like, oh, but then when I'm with a man who loves to touch, And we're always touching in bed, our foot might be touching, or when we're walking up, we're always reaching towards each other to hold hands. There's always a touch happening, and it's natural, and it feeds us. So it means that we're regenerated, we're feeling full in our relationship, our needs are being met.
1: So what happens is, if we don't have the same love languages, basically, we can't communicate from the beginning effectively or as best as we could
0: or when we're not aware of what they are we give the love language that we feel is right for us and it's not hitting home for the other person so if the other person has words of affirmation and you have physical touch you might be touching that other person as an act of love and he's like I don't feel loved at all because she never says anything. So once we become aware of what the other person's love language, it's more of an effort to show them love and give them love in their language, not what feels right for us. And to also teach our partner what we need.
1: How do you get a man to open up, to share what his love language is? Because most men are not gonna understand that conversation. So how do you get somebody to say, look, I wanna know more about you. Do you ask questions do you do you tell them about the five love languages and then say which one do you think you are? How do you get to identify a man?
0: Yeah So first of all when women are trying to get to know a man do it from a place of curiosity So I would even start with a conversation like you know what? I just found out about this thing called the five love languages and I really figured out that out of these five my first love language is physical touch you know if if you could pick one of these and your prospective partner could only give you one what would be your favorite one and you can just be playful with it
1: mm-hmm. love it love it
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> everything is relationships are almost a little bit of a scientific approach you know you you've you've got to be equipped you can't just jump in anymore you need to kind of know what you're doing and understand how the other person thinks and processes emotionally in order to to really have a good bond.
0: Yeah, I'm going to say that our society's really changed and that the reason for pairing up has changed. You know, a couple generations ago, it was survival. Men went out to work, women took care of the 14 kids and cooked and cleaned. Now we're both partners will work and it doesn't matter whether whether you're gay or whether you're straight. Often both people in a relationship work. And so what we're doing is to find someone who I want to say completes us, but completes us not in a different way because we're deficient, but it, it amplifies us. It allows us to be more of who we are. It creates a safe a place of emotional safety rather than functionality which what what it was a couple generations ago right now we have a whole lot more choice even the choice to divorce which they didn't have a couple generations ago so we get a lot more picky and because we have a lot more choice we need to get a lot more savvy about what does it take to make a relationship work If he's what I call a distancer, so he keeps himself apart and you're a pursuer, you chase a man, then you want to figure out what do you do to soothe yourself and how do you speak to him in a way that has him step in and take care of you without him feeling suffocated. So we just need to get more savvy and there's so much information out there with a few skills you can learn to start to change the kind of men that you pick the kind of men that you allow into your life how you communicate to them in a way it comes from your being so it's a very calm confident place to ask in an assertive way to get your needs met and then you get to see can he step in or not? Is he willing or not? And then you get to make the decision. I've made it clear what I need. I think I've expressed it in a way that's very adult. And he's either stepping into it and a man that is really interested in you and capable will step in and give you what you need. Because a man, a good man wants to make a woman happy. And if he's not, then it's
1: next mm you mentioned distancer pursuer. How many profiles are there of men and women? You mentioned that a man could may, the man might be a distancer, the woman might be a pursuer. Are there you know a half a dozen different types of profiles that men and women fall into, or this is just this some of your terminology that you use with your clients?
0: yeah, so there's basically four if you grew up in a home where you knew your parents had your back you were comfortable, you know you were lovable, you grew up into an adult that's lovable, you know your partner's going to stay, you're comfortable with conflict because you know you're gonna work that out. And I'm gonna say there's very few of us and that's as a secure attachment style. One of the other ones is where parents were emotionally available sometimes and sometimes not. And it could be they had their own mental health issues. It could be their own families they grew up in, or they were both out working, busy putting food on the table. So you are always gauging as a child, can I go up to my mom and get what I need? Is she going to be angry? Is she going to dismiss me? Is she going to give me a hug? You're always wondering. You're always in self-doubt, never really sure. And so you grow up into an adult that's always gauging your man. Is he going to be there for me? Am I lovable? Am I enough? Does he, is he looking for something else? Am I going to lose him? Is he going to find someone? else and so that's the anxious attachment style the third one is parents who weren't there for you you knew you were on your own you couldn't count on them and it could be abusive it could be just emotional unavailability and so you became highly self-sufficient and independent and you tend to function with this kind of bubble around you and you tend to keep people at arm's length and when people get really needy, you feel suffocated. And that's the avoidant attachment style. And if you come from trauma, you have both the push and the pull, the anxious and the avoidant. And let me say that all of us have pieces of all of those, the secure, the anxious and the avoidant. And there are different times that they're ones that pop up and we need to be aware of what's happening in us. Is this something that I can soothe myself or, how can I reach out to my partner for those of us that are more anxiously attached? How can I reach out to my partner to get my needs met so that he doesn't feel suffocated? And the example that I like to use is that we're all born, you know, we were connected to our mothers with an umbilical cord that gave us what we needed to thrive and survive. Once we were born, those were cut. But then we have emotional umbilical cords and they all have like a plug at the end of them. And we're looking for an outlet for those of us that have an anxious attachment style. And we often couple up with a man who's avoidant and women who are avoidant couple up with a man who's anxious. The anxious attachment style is trying to plug into the avoidant outlet and the avoidant is going, no, 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 you're going to deplete me. You're going to suffocate me. So he pulls back. If the woman is anxious, he pulls back. She chases. He pulls back even more, so she chases even more. And so we need to break that cycle by learning how to manage ourselves and not be fully dependent on the man. And for women who see themselves as avoidant arm's length, Learn how to manage the anxiety when somebody needs you, because you probably often feel like you want to just peel somebody off of you. You get turned off by a man because he's too needy. And if a secure man shows up in our life and we have either the anxious or the avoidant, we actually have no chemistry because it doesn't feel natural like what we had in our families. Like for a woman who's anxiously attached, a man who's securely attached, there's not enough drama. So there's no passion, there's no excitement, no chemistry. But yet, he's the man that's going to make you feel safe. He's the one that's going to be dependable. And so it's our work to really heal that attachment style, to take that plug and plug it into us so we can go, okay, I'm fine. Because as children, we were dependent on our parents to get what we needed. As adults, there's still some dependence on our partner but we need to learn to take care of ourselves
1: too. Oh, I love that. What a great explanation. What do you think the number one mistake women make when they're trying to meet men or start a new relationship? What do you see as like one of the biggest boo-boos they do?
0: Yeah, I think the biggest mistake women make is that they want to be picked rather than be the picker. And when we want to be pick me, pick me, we turn ourselves inside out to hear what the man wants and become that and suppress the parts of us that don't fit what he wants. And so that we end up being in a relationship that really isn't authentic and we have to put on a persona, play a role. And it's exhausting. You really want to be who you are at the core. Be silly, be spazzy, forget your phone, trip over your feet when you're running, whatever it is. And have a man pick you, not in spite of those flaws, but because of those, because he finds you endearing. And then you get to decide, is he the man that I want? As a woman, you get to be the picker. And that's a
1: huge shift in mindset. Oh, I love that. Oh, that is, that was, that was like the golden nugget of the day here, the conversation. (laughs) The, oh, I love that, the picky and the picker. I know it's, it's amazing how we mold ourselves into something that somebody else wants. And then a year down the road, two years down the road, you go, wait a minute, what happened to me?
0: Yeah. How did I get here?
1: How did I get here? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not even close to living the way I want to live or doing the things I want to do or being with somebody that even remotely feels right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Big one. Tell the audience uh, about your program, how they can get in touch with you. Um, So if they'd like a deeper conversation about all this, because the nuggets that you've given today are just so spectacular.
0: So I'm going to invite them to two things. One, if they want to have a 30-minute conversation with me about how to get clear to pick the right man for you, go to talkwithiris.com and set up a time so that I can help hear what's going on in your life, what are the kinds of men that you've picked and how to shift that. So I'll help you set up a plan. And the second thing is if you want more information on how to spark a man's desire and be the woman he wants, and remember that this isn't about turning into a pretzel, this is about being more of you. If you want to get clear on how to do that, then go to simplysuccess.ca slash
1: spark desire Wonderful. You know what I love about you, Iris? Not only are you this super smart <laughs> uh, you know, uh, psychologist and, and counseling couples into finding love and being in an authentic relationship, but also your heart. You're very much involved in giving. Uh, I know that you travel the world. Uh, I saw posts of when you were I believe were in India. I think it was a year or two ago when you were at an orphanage with children, and then you told me you were just in Nepal. Uh, just beautiful work. Look at any time you need an extra pair of hands on one of those missions. <laughs> reach out, girl. I will go, you know Absolutely. because <laughs> I, I think <laughs> part of our lives is about giving. Mm. And when we're able to give in that way. I think women can empower themselves by being able to serve and give from the heart.
0: Yeah, and you and I talked just before this started and we talked about the poverty in so many developing countries that often the problems that we have here are first world problems. And when we can get that into perspective and get that we have the opportunity to learn the skills on how to shift our wounds, on how to pick the right man, then it starts to become a little lighter in our world and we realize how much more we have to give people that don't have the same opportunities that we do. So I'm hand in hand with you, Mel,
1: Yeah. Anytime, girl. I'm, I'm available. I love connecting with you. It's always you. a joy. And thank you so much for fitting this in today. Beautiful, beautiful conversation. Thanks for listening to Awakening Divine Wildness. If you like what you heard, please share this podcast with a friend
0: and leave some stars in a favorable review at iTunes. And be sure to visit malduanecoach.com for your free Heal Your Heart, Reclaim Your Worth 6-week video course.